What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. We thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, special thanks to Brandon for ditching his wife so this podcast can be possible today. <laughs> Lots to get to. So, you know, we all have to make sacrifices, all right? So, listen, if she wants to join the pod, she can. But she's going to have to watch some games. That's all I'm saying. It's the only requirement here. Or I can be paid off and crumble. <laughs> so either or uh we got a lot to get to today um obviously the draft is here which is crazy to me like i can't believe it's already the nfl draft yeah. i kind of lost interest when the broncos traded for a quarterback to be 100 percent right. honest with you exactly I yep like... i look at i was always looking at mock drafts and trying to figure out you know <laughs> whatever and i haven't looked at a single one since that day yeah Exactly. Like we, we have no we have no reason to get a quarterback. And I'm watching Dan Orlovsky all day on NFL Live or whatever their show's called, breaking down the quarterbacks and breaking down their weaknesses and I'm like, Man, we don't have to worry about that. We don't have to worry about choosing the wrong guy because we have a guy. So yeah, I have no idea what's gonna happen. I don't know who's gonna go where. Um, so, I mean, I guess we could talk about it a little bit, but not really much there. Um, mm-hmm. We'll recap the, obviously, the Nuggets series. They lost uh, in five and uh, to, to Golden State, and we'll go through some of the other series. Um, you just want to knock out the draft real quick, just get that out of the way? Yeah, we can uh, We can knock out the draft. And uh, I don't know. I mean, the, the good thing about the Broncos, at least for the Broncos, I mean, obviously today won't matter, so... Broncos talk will be short, but for them, you got a second and you got two thirds. So having three picks in the first three rounds is great, and they have plenty of ammo to move up. So uh, they won't pick today, more than likely. But uh, I, I do think that I'll say this: I won't be shocked if they move up into the second round right. at all, um, or at least move up in the second round because I believe they have the last pick in the second round. So. Um, no, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if uh, all of a sudden by pick 50, you know, we're hearing, oh, the Broncos are moving up. So uh, we'll see. But at this point, it's get depth um, and maybe an inside linebacker for the first time in 100 years. I, it'd be nice. That's what I'm seeing is kind of like the buzz around who they're going to take. A lot of people are saying, oh, they're... They should go after a linebacker. What was his name? Muma or whatever his name is. Yeah, Chad Muma. He looks um, good. Uh, went to Wyoming. A lot of similarities to uh, Cincinnati's inside linebacker. I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, got called for the ridiculous hold uh, at the uh, end of the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, uh, Chad Muma I think would be fine uh, if you want to, because he's probably a late second third round pick you want to move up and, and grab one of the other one of the other i guess highly touted linebackers you could do that but uh-huh. that's probably the biggest need is is that and, and probably secondary help after that yeah i'm looking at the broncos uh on their website they put together you know broncos mock draft roundup a final batch of predictions before the draft this was a couple days ago matt miller of espn has them taking chad muma um Vinny Iyer of Sporting News, I don't know who that is, has them taking an edge rusher, Kingsley and Agbear out of South Carolina. Okay. Uh, Walter Sharapinski has them taking defensive end Drake Jackson from USC. 
Ryan Wilson has them taking a linebacker. Quay Walker out of Georgia. Troy Anderson, a linebacker from Montana State. So it looks like it's pretty much a consensus here that uh, they might be going. Well, linebacker. a couple of those guys are, a couple of those guys are pass rushers. Quay Walker, um, Chad Muma. There's a safety, a tight. Mel Kiper has them taking a safety, which not sure. And did they resign sure, Kareem? They did. Yes, to a one-year deal. Yeah, I don't think they. I mean, I guess you could. They drafted two safeties last year, so unless they don't believe in either of those guys, maybe as like a fourth, fifth round pick, but second round pick, I don't, I don't think they're gonna go. Right, that's what I'm, I, it, I wouldn't be shocked if they moved up for a pass rusher. Um, yeah. I think I'll, I'll say this: if they move up, it's for a pass rusher. If they stay pat, maybe they just take whatever pass rusher available and then take Muma in the third. Mm-hmm. I'd be okay with that. If you go pass rusher in the second, Muma, your first third round pick, and then corner help your your second third round pick i i'm perfectly fine with that yeah um i saw some people have tight end a lot of people have like eyes i, for, I mean uh, trey mcbride CSU yeah kid. well i mean a lot of people want trey mcbride because yeah. for obvious reasons but i there there's a tight end I, i'm man i am blanking hold on uh top Is he's an Greg athletic dulcich three. from no. ucla oh um he is a athletic freak uh i believe he's six seven uh and ran like a let's see jelani woods jelani woods out of virginia he's six foot seven and he ran a uh did they come out with his 40 time he, he's just, he's super athletic. He's a big tight end. He ran a 4'6". That's pretty fast for 6'7 guy. Yeah, yeah. So, I do, they do need, they could use tight end help. And uh, that's who I would take. I would take Jelani Woods. 44 catches, 598 yards, and 8 touchdowns for Virginia. Um, I wonder what his knock is. Honestly, probably uh, blocking is a big yeah. deal. And I mean, uh, that big, you would think you should be able to block fairly decently, but yeah, I mean, blocking, you know, obviously speed's not an issue, so that's that's usually it. Usually, with those long athletic tight ends, they're not the best blockers in the world, mm-hmm. so right. yeah, I mean, tight end depth, linebacker, edge rusher. Um, I did see this kind of sparked my interest. Um, one of these guys had them taking that running back from Georgia. Obviously, that's not going to happen now, given the re-signing of Melvin Gordon. Not sure how you feel about the signing. It's a one-year well, deal for five million. Um, I would, uh, I would take a. I'm one of those. I would take a running back every year. Um, no, obviously not in the first or second round, but yeah. I, I would take one in the sixth or seventh every year, because you never know, uh, and that's probably the one position where it's kind of easiest to find a. Uh, diamond in the rough basically so i mean yeah i i wouldn't if they took one in the fourth fifth sixth or seventh i wouldn't uh be upset yeah i mean that's that's fine i'm just i don't know i guess having melvin gordon back is fine i just don't want him to be the starter i think we've established that given how he finished the year last year he had a great start to the year but then how he finished especially what was that in the last game or in the cincinnati game where he had the fumble or was that the Philly game? I can't remember. Um, I try and put those, you know, terrible Broncos memories behind me now. Um, 
but as long as he's not starting, fine. Um, you know, we'll get to see what Mike Boone does. There was some speculation that could Philip Lindsay be coming back because he said, you know, I'd love to to make a return. I was like, yeah, of course you would. Now that I'm a quarterback, I bet you would. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. I mean, I don't mind Melvin Gordon. I think he's he's a solid player, but I just don't want him to be the starter. Uh, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, probably defense, tight end, maybe find some some offensive line help. Who knows? Okay. Um, any other comments on the draft before we move on? No, I mean, it should be interesting, though. Uh, it should be a lot of fun to just kind of see. I, I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of trades this year. I've heard um, a lot of, so not be, heard, like I'm an insider. I've seen that a lot of people are talking about that uh, a lot of people or a lot of teams are, you know, feeling around to see what it would take to move back or what they could get. Seems yeah, like well, this because, draft isn't really that good. It, well, uh, I w- there's no, like, like elite, elite, like, we got to have this guy, right? Mm-hmm. They're all, like, I would say whoever goes one, I, it's sounding like it's going to be Trayvon Walker. He would he would have gone, I don't know, between right around 15 maybe last year. Um, but I'll also say that, you know, pick 60 this year will, would have probably gone, you know, pick 45 last year, right? So there's not a lot of super high end, but I, I do think that it's a... Uh, there's a lot of depth in this draft class, which is good for the Broncos. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how George uh, decides to manufacture things. If he gets creative and trades up or if he just stands pat, maybe moves up in the second round. We'll see how the, all that goes. Um, NBA playoffs. There's a lot going on. we got some action right now. Toronto is up three on Philadelphia. That's a, that's a sweaty game right there if you're a, if you're a Sixers fan. Uh, Doc Rivers getting a little testy with the media about his is blown 3-1 leads, uh, especially throwing the roster he had on one of the teams under the bus. Like, did you see that? Ro- go go look at that roster and what I had to coach. There was pop- popsicle sticks, a couple paper clips, a stapler, and just duct tape. That's what I had to work with. I was like, wow, Doc, that's, that's kind of jacked up. Um, but this is going to be an interesting game to watch in Toronto. Um, if Toronto wins that, you go to game seven, and then from there anything can happen at that point. Um, do you want to talk about the Nuggets series first, or is there any other series that you want to get to? Oh, no, actually, you know what? We got to get to the Brooklyn series, because I did not see that coming. I'm very upset that you made me, uh, that you oh, talked me into picking the Brooklyn Nets. Here we because go. I had here initially picked the Celtics, oh, that's and then false. you, that's uh, no, that is, that is very true. That is and then false. you talked me into picking we the Nets. We were both on the fence. And then I didn't think Robert no. Williams was going to play. And then we both said we trust the big two of Brooklyn more than Boston. So don't you don't put this on me. This was a this was a mutual decision. Instead of I, getting off on I the exit, disagree. we kept going down the highway. And, <laughs> you know, jokes on us. The highway had a split in the middle and we fell into the ocean. That's not on me. We both decided to go down that road. All right. So. I, I didn't see that coming. Into it. I didn't see that coming. I don't think anybody. I didn't not well, look. I didn't see a sweep, but at the end of the day, like, I'm not shocked that they beat them. Well, but here's after, because, after game because one these, and two, I felt like if you were Brooklyn, game one, I thought they should have won. 
Like, KD struggled. You're like, okay, we were up. We could have won. Even game two, you could make a case. But no one, I don't think, would have seen Kevin Durant being held to what he did. Oh no, and I'm not that saying I'm not nuts. saying it's surprising. It's not surprising that they got swept because I do think that's a little surprising. But the fact that Boston won yeah, after no, watching that's... the series and after knowing all of the red flags that we've seen throughout the whole year, you know, not playing together enough, um, you know, relying on two guys, their defense being absolutely pathetic all year long. We shouldn't be surprised that yeah. they lost. Yeah. Now, could, now I'm surprised that Kevin Durant couldn't get them a game, but you know they were talking about how the, the Boston Celtics played KD like it was '90s basketball. They got physical with them. They got underneath him, and they bothered him. Well, it and, helps that you have a six ten guy who can play both ways. Right, but it also helps when you can double KD. And not be worried about anyone else hurting you. And, and this, so the, we've talked about how, at least I've talked about how this team is terrible defensively and you can't rely on two guys to win you a game. You just can't. And even if James Harden was there, wouldn't have mattered because he wouldn't have showed up anyways. But it had, relying on three guys to, to win you a game or win you a series. When no one plays defense and you don't have anybody else, anybody else offensively to rely on, you're going to lose. So it's not surprising that team's a disaster and everyone's going to fall in love with them again next year and they're going to lose again. Whether it's Boston, Milwaukee, whoever, they will lose again in the playoffs if they bring back the same team. Yeah, well, I don't. I mean, I, I won't fall in love with them again because I think there has to be some some major changes. You've seen that their their roster, which is a hodgepodge of old guys on the tail end of their careers, some some role players. I mean, the, I mean they have the, Joe Harris, you know, Seth Curry, Drummond. I think coming off the bench, you know, Claxton. I don't think is terrible. Like they have some interesting pieces there, but I think it's just a mixture of chemistry. The two best players not wanting to be coached, like Kyrie saying after the after the game, like it's on us to to manage this situation. Like he doesn't even yeah. mention Steve Nash. Like that's just to me, that's under the surface stuff. Like that that's not stuff that can be easily fixed. And you might have to uproot some things to fix that and ultimately get where you want to go. So well, here's well, here's what I would do. And this may sound crazy, but I would trade both Kyrie and KD, and I would uproot the whole entire team. <laughs> Good luck. The fans would riot. But because, well, not re- well. I don't know about that. I mean, it depends on what you get back for, like, say, KD. But I don't know any team that but, would take Kyrie. But here's the thing. Right if you, I don't know, but you can't trade Kyrie. Just Kyrie, because KD will be upset, right? So, and then if KD gets upset, <laughs> I mean, then... would he, though? I don't know if he would. Well, I, I, I still, yeah, I think so. Because remember, back when he was a free agent, if you wanted KD, you would have to sign Kyrie. That was the deal. Yeah, but having been there, what have, what have they been there together? Two, three years now? I still, I still think, for whatever reason, he just wants to play with Kyrie. 
Adam now look that it. that could change but i that's why if i'm if i have to be stuck with Kyrie, i'm not willing to roll with it with kd i'm just not just not i'm over it so i i would get as much value as i could back for kevin durant and hey if a team wants to take kd and Kyrie. Give me essentially your whole roster, and you guys can try it. But I'm done. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if any team's going for that. I mean, I don't. I don't necessarily mind it. Like, if there was one of the two I'd want to trade, it would be Kyrie. But I just don't know what team is going to be like. Yeah, we'll. Sign More than likely, you can't just trade Kyrie. Well, and he's going to. You're going to have to sign. It would have to be a sign and trade because, you know, things. I think he's got a an opt out or whatever. Yeah. But, or he's up for the max or something like that. But. Yeah, no, I mean that that team is in um, they're they're a mess. Now they'll be they'll be fine, you know. Obviously they'll be in the playoffs next year just off of those two alone. But I, I don't sit here and, and think that that team's going to be a legitimate championship contender. Now obviously things can change in the off season if somehow they drastically get better. But I mean this is, that's that's a team. Like if I'm a fan of that team, that's that's a toxic situation. I don't want any part of that. Um, Boston was impressive. I think you're right. I don't think I'm not shocked that Boston won. It's just in the manner that they won, uh, because right. I think we both had it going six or seven games. Just the manner that it went down, what they did to Kevin Durant. Like we've never seen a team bottle up Kevin Durant like that in his entire career. Not not that I can remember, at least. Well, yeah. That I mean, that was that was about as masterful of a performance. Now in game 4, he had, you know, 30 plus points, but he wasn't he wasn't he efficient. Took 30, he took yeah, he took like 30 shots. So, so, I mean, he got the points, but like he had to work for every single thing. Um like crazy and, and Jason Tatum is is a monster. That team is just Boston has a legitimate chance because I mean they have two-way guys practically at every position that can score. They're unselfish. They have the stars. Um, they they, I mean right now I'd say they're probably the the favorite outside of Golden State. I mean those two. I mean we'll see what if Booker can can remain healthy, but I don't know if any team can get past those two. But uh, that was that was shocking. Any other series you want to get to, or do you want to get to the Nuggets or? Any other things that have stood out to you so far? Uh, Dallas should close it out tonight. <laughs> Phoenix has Booker, so they should close it out tonight. Um, Utah is fighting I, for their man. lives as a team right now. I, I mean, this may be the last whatever. time we see them as a as a team. As if a they team. lose tonight, they'll lose in Game Seven. Um, doesn't matter. Might as well just one, two, three, Cancun. Uh, I'm very interested, though, in the Philly-Toronto series. There, because if if now Philly's up by five right now, yeah. if Philly blows this thing and they lose tonight, yeah, no, uh, this is a must-win. Yeah, you don't you don't want to go back to your home court with. Um, I mean, obviously, if you're gonna have a game seven, you want it to be on your floor. But I mean, at that point, anything can happen. And this is on Philly for letting it get to this point. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, credit to to the Raptors. That team is, I, I tweeted this last week or I forgot when it was, they're just a bunch of orangutans. And what do I mean by that? Is like, you know how orangutans have long arms and they just walk on their arms or their arms are so long that they just walk on their arms? Like, this team's wingspan collectively has to be the longest in the league. The average wingspan of this team has to be crazy. They're all like six, between six seven, six nine. 
seven plus wingspans on each and every one of them. Not great shooters all the way around, but super athletic guys, great defensively, great finishers. I mean, Pascal, Scotty Barnes, uh, Boucher, and then you have uh, Achua. I mean, the, I guess you got Gary Trent. He, he can be a bit streaky, but that is an interesting team, Toronto. This is a really yeah, interesting team. Fred Van Vliet obviously has been out, but um, it's a really interesting team. Yeah, I... I'm I'm surprised at I don't know how to say this because I did I did say it was gonna be a long series uh, when we were picking. Look at Philly going zone now. But I I'm surprised with the injuries that they've had. I can't believe that they've they've crawled back into those series. Um, I mean, part of it though is Philly. Like, it's not necessarily that. The Raptors have taken these last two games. It's more Philly is Philly is just they 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 just don't. Man, they haven't beat and he's great, but James Harden and and James is playing well so far. He has eight points, but he's been absolutely terrible in this series. I mean, he's been pathetic. Uh. You know, Maxi hasn't been good, but he's a young guy. You don't, you shouldn't have to expect him to, to go he had off. A big what? First game, first or second? Yeah, game? He like yeah. He had a, he had for he had a big first two games, I think. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's it's just a weird, weird situation in Philly. If this, if Harden doesn't play well the rest of this game and game seven, if there is a game seven, I mean, what do you do if you're Philly? I, I don't think you, you really to try to do this again with him. I, I don't know. Um, I, I think they will. I mean, what's, what other option do you have? <laughs> I mean, are you going to trade James Harden and, and try and get something? I think you kind of, you're kind of in a position where you're, where you're kind of stuck with it. Um, and I guess to an extent you can use the excuse of, well, let's get a full season under our belt with him and all that jazz. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Philly's Philly's a weird team too because it feels like they kind of are one of those teams where kind of like Utah in a sense to where they do things in the regular season to where you expect big things. And then when it gets to like the time to do it, they don't deliver. And I don't know. I don't know if that's. I mean, that's not just a James Harden being on the team type of thing, because I felt like they've done that pre-James Harden too. So uh, right now, still at five. Uh, third quarter, or excuse me, third quarter. First quarter is about to end, um, but Toronto is making a little bit of a push here. So we'll see how that series goes. Three-two if they win. Game seven in Philly. Um, the Phoenix New Orleans series has been fun, obviously because Devin Booker has been out, so it's been. <laughs> New Orleans has actually had a chance to win. Um, but I, I, I would be highly shocked if this series didn't end tonight. I mean, what are they? They're back in New Orleans for game six. What's crazy is they're only favored by three. I thought it was two. I, I heard on ESPN. It was two it was two for a while. Now it's at three because everyone's betting on Phoenix to win yeah. <laughs> to cover. Um I mean, it seems like it's fairly quick for Booker to be coming back. Really quick. Yeah, that's that's a concern. 
because they said obviously two to three weeks and what right. did he get hurt like game three two game three i think um so i don't think he's been out it's maybe been like a week and a half maybe um but hey i mean okay I personally think, you know, I would just give him as much rest as possible. Now, if it got to a game seven, okay, maybe we think about it. But I still even think then Phoenix could close it out in Phoenix in a game seven situation. But it's uh, that's a dicey game, man. It is a dicey game because if he hurts it even more, oof, good luck. But that's been a fun series. Um, how do you think this would have played out if Zion was playing? Uh, if, if he was fully healthy playing the whole series, yeah, I think they're up three, two and a chance to close it out tonight. I've been thinking about that because I mean, New Orleans has quietly built an interesting team too with, and it goes back to Philly. They should have traded for CJ McCollum. I mean, I was. Uh, yes. Well, I mean, CJ has his issues too, though. He's very inconsistent as well. Well, we I, I, well, it, well, it's not like James Harden has his yeah. issues, right? I mean, but, I mean, his peak is better than CJ's, but... Um, sure, but you have to give up more. Well, yeah, yeah. But it's just an interesting team. Like, these other teams are starting to, instead of tanking, like, they're starting to build some, some really interesting teams. I like Herb Jones. Herb Jones. Um you know, Brandon Ingram obviously is taking a step, and then CJ McCollum, we know what he can do. You know, if you add a Zion to this mix, I mean, this would be, I don't know, I don't know if they'd be up in this series. I mean, maybe if Booker still went down and the same scenario happened, then maybe. But, I mean, it's not like Phoenix has been completely wiping the floor with them. So, and they've been making it tough on Chris Paul. They've been making him work. Alvarado... Yep. Herb Jones, I mean, they're they're throwing bodies at him. They're making him work. I thought, you know, Valanchunas has played a really good series. DeAndre Ayton has played a really good series, too, which, again, not... I get why they didn't give him the max, but, man, <laughs> man, you better hope he didn't take it that personal. That's all I'm saying, because he's, he's playing really well, really well right now, and he's a pivotal piece for them. So that's been a fun series to watch, too. Um, I don't know if if Jazz is it in Utah? It's in Utah tonight. What's the series in that one? Is three two Dallas? Yeah. Uh Dallas I think probably let one get away the last game. Uh yeah. It's I'd, over. I'd probably say they close that out. Did you see Rudy got stung in the face by one of his own bees? Huh? <laughs> Apparently, Rudy Gobert has a beehive, and he got stung in the face by one of his own bees. So, his face, he posted a picture to, to social media, and his face was all swollen. He's going to play, but uh, he might look a little disfigured out there on the court. <laughs> Somebody better get him some Benadryl. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I think if it doesn't end tonight, I, I think the Mavericks do eventually beat them. I think this is just the end of the road for the Jazz. I mean, it's. I think they've hit their peak as a team, kind of like the Blazers did. The Blazers came around and they knew it. They realized it. I think that's kind of where Utah is going to have to go. Now, who they choose to keep is going to be interesting, whether it's Gobert or whether it's Donovan Mitchell, what, what have you. But 
yeah, I think that that one's kind of ran its course there. Um, Chicago boss or Chicago uh, Milwaukee series. I didn't really watch much of that one. That one kind of was boring to me. Atlanta Miami didn't really care much for that one. Um, I'm trying to think. Are we missing any any other series here? I think that's pretty much it. Um, but yeah, Miami beats Atlanta four one. Obviously, sweep of the uh, Nets, 4-1 for Milwaukee. And I was told that's a real team, Chicago. Actually, they were hurt, so I guess you can't really say too much there. Uh, even if they would have lost in whatever they did, five. Uh, Philly, we talked about that one. Oh, let's get to uh, Memphis, Memphis, Minnesota. What a ride this whole series has been. Um, this has probably been the most fun series by yeah. far. Uh, with the the Pelicans and Suns one being a close second, I think um, this one is I I never know what I'm gonna get from either team going into a game. Um, the Timberwolves have absolutely shot themselves in the foot the entire series. Yep. Um, like you can make an argument they should be up. They should, probably should have won this in five, <laughs> or maybe even swept them. Um, probably five is more likely, but. Again, that's the youth. Um, the, uh, everybody's been saying this. Minnesota is the dumbest team in the NBA. They they literally have the lowest collective IQ as a basketball team. Uh, from from the fouls they make um, and decisions they make at times. You know, Carl Anthony or not Carl Anthony Towns. Um, Anthony Edwards going for a steal in the waning moments of the last game to give Jaw a layup. Like as a team, this, this whoa. There's there's got to be some some maturity and growing up there in the IQ department, but it's been a fun series. Um, it's just with Minnesota too. I mean, Anthony Edwards has been impressive. I'll give you that. I didn't. I wanted to see it first in a series. I think he's had more moments than not. Um, there's still some moments where he does struggle, but he's hit some big shots in this series. Carl Anthony Towns has had his moments where he's looked good, and then he's fallen off. And then D'Angelo Russell is the roller coaster that he's just been his entire career. Um, but fun series. <laughs> it's Brandon Clark has played awesome for Memphis. Desmond Bain, I told you, is a real player. Like that guy's legit. Uh, he's been great for for Memphis. John Morant obviously has been up and down, hasn't been as efficient, but he's he's still been getting his his due. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been making it tough though. But I mean, he's still. He's still getting to the basket. So, I mean, it's been a fun series all the way around, though. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, this one, just sit back and enjoy it. Um, man, Minnesota, though, uh, they should they should, they should, should have already won this series. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it is. Yeah. Uh, this is. They are finding ways the to way, lose. But, you know, after blowing the, the two 20-point leads in, in game, what was that, game three? Uh, to come back and win game four, mm-hmm. that was very impressive. Very impressive to do that. Uh, because, I mean, when you blow two 20-plus point leads, that next game, more than likely, I mean, that team is just like, I mean, what what do we do? You know? like it's Yeah, a lot of teams could have folded there. And give them yeah, credit. They, they didn't easily. fold at all. Um, right. So, uh, but yeah, Anthony Edwards, he's... I don't know what else to say about him. He's, he's twenty. He's twenty-one. He's twenty-one, and he's doing the things that he's doing. It's 
impressive. Uh, and I told you, you know, this is not Towns' team. This is not Carl Anthony Towns' team. It's not. It's Anthony Edwards' team. They go as far as he goes. Uh, so, yeah, you can't even rely on Cat to, to stay out of foul trouble. <laughs> right. I would, now, to be fair, he's had two back-to-back really good games. Towns has. Um, so, he's going to have to show up for game six. But I, I think they're going to need Edwards to have a... Because he's been... Edwards, other than game one, it's been 20 points, 19, 24, and 22. Uh, the one thing that I've noticed with Edwards is kind of similar to how Booker was a couple years ago. Uh, it's just his assist numbers are so low. And uh, when when his when he's... The two wins that they have, Edwards is averaging four and a half or five, five assists a game. The three losses that they have... He's averaging one assist. So it's not just, okay, Edwards, we need you to score more because you're only averaging in the losses. You're only averaging 20 points. It needs to be being able to make plays for others. That's important. That's something that Booker learned from, I'm guessing, from Chris Paul, right? Booker's been better about that. Uh, Anthony Edwards, it's no... There's, there's, there's no surprise. I mean, averaging five assists and wins, one assist and loss, losses. It's a big deal. And you say, well, it's just four assists. So, yeah. That's eight points at least, right? I mean, that, I mean, oh, that could be 12 points. So, that's, that's something where, yeah, he needs to score a little bit more. But also, like, you've got to make plays for your, for others. Um, also, he needs to shoot more. I mean, 16 shots in game two, 13 shots in uh, game three. It's not enough. He had 20 in game uh, five, 23 in game one. So he needs to shoot more and, and be efficient. But it's it's that, you know, I mean, all young players go through, especially all the young elite scorers. Like, you got to learn how to how to make plays for others. Not necessarily, you don't have to make everyone better around you. I mean, technically, that does it, right? Finding ways to... Get others to score, but it's it's something that all young guys will will go through, and the fact that he's getting to go through it now it, it's huge for him. So this is a big like row series for Minnesota. I don't think they win the series at this point, but I think next year they're going to be a really dangerous team. Yeah, I mean if they if they take that next step for sure. Um, they they have the ability to to really compete in the West. I just I need to see what how they grow and mature IQ wise because that's that's the thing that's holding this team back. And I you know the experience of being there. And now Memphis was only there one year ahead of them, but I think that matters. That matters a little bit because that's that's one thing they have going for them. They've been there. They know how to overcome these moments. And they're not afraid. That that's if you're Minnesota, you're like, yeah, we should have won this series. But then it, on the other side, Memphis is like, yeah, if we get down, we're confident enough to know we can come back and win. So like that's a dangerous game to play as well. Like Minnesota's, oh yeah, we can get up on them. We should have won. But then Memphis is like, yeah, even if we struggle, we know we can come back because they're gonna make dumb plays to to allow us back in the game. So Edwards has been fun. Bane on the other end, I think he's been having an 
awesome series. It was really cool of Ja Morant to give him the most improved player award, even though it was awarded to Ja. He said Bane oh, I didn't should have gotten it. Yeah, no. Um, so it was awarded to Ja, but Ja said no. Bane is the most improved, so he actually gave him the award. Um, so that was that was cool. Um, I thought it was weird that Jaw was in that list. It was like, I, 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 and Chuck Chuck said it too. I was like, it's like he was a second overall pick. He won Rookie of the Year. Like we know how good he is. Sure, I mean he, like going from potential star to superstar. Yeah, it's a big deal, but. You don't see like there guys was there was the most improved for that. Yeah, there was other guys that were more deserving uh, of that of that award. Like Jordan I, Poole. I just <laughs> what Jordan Poole. Yeah, it was one of them. I, I yeah, I think Jordan Poole probably should have won it. But yeah, I, I thought it was weird, and he didn't even get nominated. Right, he wasn't even top three. So I thought it was I weird know. that Jaw Jaw got even in the top three. I, I don't know. That was bizarre to me, but yeah. whatever. I'm mean, good for him. But fun series great year. for both of these teams. Um, they're both two just young whippersnapper squads. They don't care. They will fight you. They're gritty. They're tough. They play defense. Um, so I- I'm kind of bummed that game six isn't tonight. Wish it was, but that's tomorrow night. So that'll be fun. And then obviously if we get a game seven, that'll be on Sunday. That'll be also the same day of Game 1, Boston-Milwaukee. So that'll be a good day of basketball. Uh, but that series has been excellent. And then we can finally get to the Nuggets-Warriors. Obviously losing five. I think we both had it going five. Um, I don't think either of us predicted a sweep. Um, I thought the Nuggets would lose in five. They do. Uh, but you know what? Give the Nuggets credit. I mean, obviously the first two games, you were like, this, this is going to be over fairly quickly. And Draymond's locking up Jokic and everybody's, you know, all this. And you're hearing, oh, the MVP can't even get one game and all this type of talk. And then game three on, Nuggets had a shot to win that one. um, But they folded down the stretch. Obviously, they take game four. They were up by 10, I think, at the most last night. Had a chance to win that game even late. Um, But Will Barton and Aaron Gordon were completely atrocious down the stretch of that game throwing turnovers left and right. Um, but, I mean, I'm I'm not even mad. Like, I don't, I don't know if Nuggets fans are mad. I don't think you should be mad. Like, I think this should have been the realistic expectation of this team. I mean, I'm, I'm honestly more happy that the year is done than if they would have won. Because I think if they would have won, it would have given you false optimism, false hope. Um, I'm just glad that Jokic gets to rest. I'm glad it was a quick series. He can go rest, take as much time as he needs. Obviously, he hurt his hamstring last night. Of course, all big three. You know, obviously, Jokic, or not Jokic, Jamal got hurt there um, in April of last year. Some people think MPJ, that's where he tweaked his back in the preseason. And then, obviously, Jokic ends the year with a hammy injury there. And then uh, Will Barton got hurt there as well. So, I'm just, listen, it was, it was a hard-fought series. There's one thing that you can say about Michael Malone teams. Like, we can debate whether or not he's the guy, whether you think he can, this team can win a championship under him. I think that's all fair. But to say that he's not a good coach and that he, he doesn't, his, his guys don't play for him, those, those two things are false. Now, is he the best coach in the league? No. But <laughs> – 
if you want to fire Michael Malone, tell me who's going to be your replacement because I don't think there's a lot of guys that you can just cherry pick and say, oh, he's going to be better than Malone. Well, I'll say this: the one, the there, there are things, yes, that Malone could be better at, but the things that he's great at, that's not teachable. That's not something that he right. can be better at. The players love him. Mm-hmm. The the there's a reason why this team doesn't just lay down and die ever, right? There's a reason why this team, you know, this team could have easily just folded this whole season, really, Absolutely. and and said, you know, like whatever, we're gonna win 35 games, and who cares? You know, not even not to mention they could have just folded in the playoffs too. There's a reason why they didn't. There's a reason why they fight. There's a reason. I mean, we should like the the big one, the obvious one, the one coach that Demarcus Cousins loves mm-hmm. is Michael Malone. Mm-hmm. With all the issues that Cousins has had with with coaches and whoever, the one that he's been great with is Malone. That's not something that you can just be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, this guy's better at X's and O's, so it's going to translate. It's not. And more than likely, it probably won't because these players love Malone. They're willing to fight for him. They're willing to to go into battle for him. Yeah. Like, that's that's a big deal, and, and I don't think people realize that like you know and maybe eventually they'll get to a point where it's like okay these players will follow Jokic and they'll fight for Jokic not necessarily you have to you know the coach doesn't have to push them right it it can be Jokic that does it but I mean it's not like Malone doesn't make adjustments he's just really slow at it he just needs to make adjustments sooner and those are things those are things that he can get better at Absolutely. But I'll say this too. Like, and, and Stan Van Gundy tweeted this out. Um, and I don't know if you follow Nikias Duncan on, on Twitter, but he's an, he's an exceptional follow, by the way. Basketball related, like great breakdowns, all this stuff. Like, casual fan is like, oh, Malone needs to make adjustments. He doesn't make adjustments. You don't, you can't, we see with such a narrow view of the game. Like Stan Van Gundy was breaking this down. I don't. I forgot what series it was. He was talking about when he was talking about it. Um, it might have been actually. I think it was the Brooklyn series. Actually, they were like, "Oh, Steve Nash isn't making adjustments." He was like, "No, that's false. He's tried this, 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 and none of it has worked." Boston's just been better and had a counter and had an answer to it. So just because you're not seeing it out there doesn't mean the coaches aren't making adjustments. Now, obviously, if it's not translating to success on the court, then obviously it's not working. So maybe they need to find better adjustments. So that's a fair criticism. Whatever they're doing, it's not working. They need to be better at finding solutions. Okay, fair. Well, here's the other thing. You're going to fire a coach or in every season, I believe every season, not, not the, I mean, other than this season, they've improved every year and there's that too, but... In every season, Vegas comes out and says the over-under for teams wins. The Nuggets have gone over in every season since Malone has been the head coach. So they are, they are, I, I just, I don't, I don't get why, I don't, I don't get the frustration with Malone because it's not on him. These guys got to stay healthy. Like, right. 
I don't and know like, what else to say. Like, you got to stay healthy. We're not – and, like, a lot of people will say, oh, you're just making excuses for the team. And it's, oh, it's – it's uh, when is it uh, when is it finally going to stop being, oh, we'll get them next year? Well, can, can we just take a second? Because this team, like you said, has gotten better every single year. Malone is, is the coach that brought them back to the playoffs after their drought. So let's not forget that. Um, now, granted, he's slow in – like giving rookies minutes, but these guys still develop under him. So right. I think you have to give him credit for that. Like you said, they don't quit under him. So they still he still has the pulse of the team. They're still willing to fight, and you can't take that for granted. We just talked about Doc Rivers and how many 3-1 leads has he blown. So don't take it for granted because this is a skill set, you know, coaches, it's one of those intangibles like you mentioned that, you, you know, you can't, you can't, just have like either you either have it or you, you can't teach it you can't create it you either have it or you don't but i think like malone can't win for losing like i was going back and forth with a buddy from the fan last night after the game malone you know they're talking about jamal and unprompted he says you know what you know jamal we need to realize he's not going to be jamal right away it's going to be a slow build to give him confidence and people are killing him for saying that. I'm like, what? What? Are, what's the issue? He's being truthful. Are you, or did you want him to say, oh, we expect Jamal to come out and be Bubble Jamal? No. Like, it's just a, a truthful I mean, look how statement. long it took Clay. Hey, thank you. Thank you. But, like, saying that gets him in trouble. And then, so so he gets in trouble for that. But then if he says, oh, Jamal looks great, you know, we're, it's, it's you know, whenever he feels right, we're ready to throw him out there. Oh, now it's, oh, you're putting him in a bad position. So if he doesn't play, then you're making him look like the back. Like, like he can't win for losing. And, and I don't want to just, like, sound like I'm just defending Malone and he can't do anything wrong because I do think he has his flaws. But can we at least see him with a healthy team first? Like, this is, do people realize this is only their fourth run as this core together of Jamal, Jokic, Malone and then MPJ for three years. Like you do realize this is only playoff run and, number four, right? And in every playoff series, they've had guys missing. Exactly. First year, right? They beat San Antonio, which is an excellent win because it's going up against Pop, who's arguably one of the the greatest coach in NBA history, or if not top five, top three, whatever you want to call it. That was their first one. They lose in seven to a Portland team at the time who was up and coming, who had been there a couple times were a little bit more seasoned, they lose game seven that way. Then the next year you have what was it, the the bubble year, if I'm not mistaken. So Well I by mean, the way, that first year Will had gotten hurt. He was back, but he got benched because he just wasn't himself. Right. Uh right. and I believe someone else was hurt. I can't remember who though. But it was probably yeah. Gary. <laughs> it was probably Gary. But the next yeah. year you go into the bubble. So I mean that in itself was a situation. Gary wasn't there, Will wasn't there. So you didn't have your full complement of players there, right? And it was the bubble, so things are different there. It's your second playoff run. You get to the Western Conference Finals. Hooray. Nobody – you overachieved MP there. MPJ's first playoff His run. His first playoff run. Nope. Your third year was last year when Jamal tears his ACL. And, and again, like what the moment 27 went down, I knew in my mind that was a wash and the immediate next season was a wash. Yeah. Anybody that thought differently, that's on you. Okay, that that's on you. But I don't I see. Here, here's the issue. I don't. I don't think people realize how important Jamal is, specifically in the playoffs. 
Because you, when you look at his regular season numbers and you see what he does in the regular season, it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, Mon Monte almost averaged that. You know, like, what's what's the big deal? Um, I don't think people realize, and, and I know you disagree with me on this, but I do think that for this team, Jamal Murray is the most important player in the playoffs. Now, it's not to say that Jokic is, not, Jokic is the best. He's the best player. And they don't get anywhere without him either. Understand that. But I do believe Jamal is the most important player because of his ability to close. When you are a big, it is difficult to close by yourself because you do need a guard to run pick and rolls with, a guard who can score from all three levels, who's not just dangerous for, for, you know, getting to the rim, but can step back and hit a three, whatever. What Jamal does offensively, especially in clutch time, that's why he is so important. Now, if Jokic was out and Jamal's in, it's a, it's a similar deal because Jamal can't do it without Jokic. It's a, it's a, those two, and we've talked about it, and it's, it's out there, the stat is out there, as a duo, in clutch time, they were the best in the league. Now, I think Chris Paul and, and, and Booker have taken that over, but obviously, you know, Jamal's been out, so whatever. But when Jamal was healthy, they were the best closing duo in the league. That's, in the playoffs, that is massive. The regular season clutch time barely matters. It barely matters. It matters maybe... 10, 15 of your 82 games, realistically. It matters every single night in the playoffs. Every single night. And not just at the end of the fourth quarter. We saw it. At the end of every quarter. It matters. So, when you don't have that guy out there, you're going... It's It makes it to a point where, like last night, right... In the third quarter, they're about halfway, and they had a 10-point lead, right? With, like, eight minutes to go, maybe. And yeah, I was thinking, close. they have to have a 10-point lead or more going into the fourth. If they don't, they will lose. Because Golden State, in clutch time, will outscore them. It's not saying... I'm not saying that Jokic isn't clutch, because we know he is. He scored, like, eight of the last... Eight of their last... <laughs> Freaking points. He had, he had 12 like, in the fourth, I think. Yeah. So it's not like I'm, I'm not saying that Jokic is in clutch. What I'm saying is it's just him. That's the problem because no one else is clutch. No, no one else plays that well in that situation other than Jamal. Like He was the only guy. And we saw in the bubble. No one stepped up. It was Jokic and Jamal. No one else stepped up. That's that's that is why I say he is the most important player because Jokic needs him. I think people people don't realize that Jokic needs Jamal just as much as Jamal needs Jokic. Like you can't especially when you're a big and you can't create your own shot like a 6 foot 6 6 foot 7 or you know wing player whatever it makes it that much harder to close out games, especially in the playoffs. And you just look at what Golden State did. Every time he got the ball, 
They doubled him late, at least late in the game. Oh, well, well, they hit him with a box in one. So they're up 10, and they hit right. him with a box in one. They put Clay on him. And if you go back and watch the game, Draymond's not even guarding Aaron Gordon. Like he's he's already shading or whoever's right. you know at on the baseline. They're already. You can't do that over. if Jamal's playing. No, you can't. You absolutely can't do that. You can't do that if if MPJ's playing either. So and if you have imagine that if you have all three of those guys, you can't do any of that. <laughs> imagine, I'll say. Imagine. That. I'll say this. I. And I don't, I don't know if you'll agree with me, but I, I think even with MPJ out, if they had Jamal, I think they win the series. I really do. And it's I, I and, and we'll talk about it when Golden State plays whoever they play in the second round, or even if they get to Phoenix in the conference finals. Their size is a problem. Yes. Like, it's... They... Man, if the Nuggets could just hit three more threes, two more. Well, they, like they crushed them on the glass. Like Golden and and I don't know if you listen, but Draymond got on. Uh, he has his podcast. Whatever he talked about it, mm-hmm. they are severely undersized, mm-hmm. severely, and they can't do anything about it. Yeah, I mean, outside of Looney, you know, I mean, Wiseman's their other big. So I mean, well, Looney, Looney is six nine. So right. even with with Looney out there, mm-hmm. it's a it's a huge problem. So that's why I say like, just Jamal because that's what they were missing. They well, just needed in clutch time because that's where they lost the games. If you go back and look at every game, the final four minutes of every quarter, they they yeah, they, they got crushed. Finish. Yeah, they couldn't finish. I'll say this after after game two, we both were very down on everything about this team i think what they showed and and i agree with you actually um i think if if jamal was healthy they probably do win the series because i i I think they would have had enough and defensively you know if austin rivers doesn't get hurt i think they actually probably would have had enough to beat them and I, i think this team actually is championship material now i still think there's some fine tuning that has to be done but on the surface level i think there is is championship potential but it has to be fine-tuned to really actually get to that point and and like a lot of people too think oh you're giving them a pass so you don't believe that they should win a championship like no no one is saying that we've never said that when this team is healthy you should absolutely expect that they should get a championship with with Jokic in his prime and, and given what we heard the other day about you know his trainer or whoever it was and I sent you the tweet um, some guy he a coach he had in growing up or something whoever whatever the relationship was a guy who knows Jokic really well said basically hinted at that Jokic in six or seven years might retire which mm-hmm. makes sense he doesn't seem I'm not gonna say he doesn't love basketball but I think Jokic has other interests like you know once he's spent he's yeah. not gonna be one of these guys like LeBron where he's playing until he's forty. No. Well, he feels and I'll like say he's this. Done, he's done. Real quick, I'll say this. As a Nuggets fan, you should be actually happy about that. Because because if you want if the, the Nuggets when Jokic starts to kind of fall apart, right? When he starts to get older and out of his prime, you still got to pay him. Mm-hmm. And so like look at what da- you know, Dallas had to really just wait and be like Dirk, please retire. <laughs> Like, we just need to move on, you know? Um, same with San Antonio with, with Tim Duncan, really. Uh, 
uh, Kobe in the, in the Lakers. Like they they were they were paying them like they were 28, mm-hmm. but they were done. They were spent. And so the best thing for the Nuggets is if Jokic just retires at 33, 34. Well, if he's already... if he's starting to go out of his prime, if he's still in his prime somehow, well, hey, you want to keep him, you know, right. LeBron. Him, uh... But you know, I, I think he's gonna be like, yeah, Jokic just one of the, you know, what he's just one of those not every, dudes, man. Not you know, every player is LeBron. <laughs> when it's time, I'm just gonna leave, and that's fine. Yeah. I'm fine that's with fine. it. So let's enjoy every moment we have him, please. Um, but he but this the, it's also a message though to the front office. You got you got yeah, a window you know, here. You you, you better. You, you can't just stay pat. Yeah, you have a window. Um, and so that to say, like, if you don't get a championship within the Jokic era, yes, it's a disappointment. Um, of course it would be a disappointment. But you also have to look at, too, how the front office runs things. What what are the odds going to be? The, West, the rest of the West stacking up? Like, I don't know if the Nuggets are ever going to be the favorite to start a season to win a title. But they should at least be top ten, top five around there. So no one's no one's taking away championship expectations. We're just saying, hey, can we at least get them healthy first before we expect them to win a championship? Because I mean, sue me for thinking that Jokic and G League guys and guys who are sixth, seventh mans should go out there and win a championship. I, I'm I'm sorry, that's just that's just not realistic to to think about. Um, and he said last night, they asked him about, you know, the Supermax, and he said, listen, if they offer me it, I'm going to sign it. So, like, do you realize as a Nuggets fan how lucky we've gotten? He doesn't, (laughs) it's, it's, he doesn't care where he's at because he lives in Serbia. Right. So the city in America where he's at, he doesn't, he doesn't care. That's where he wants to be. They, I, I saw his quote last night. Uh, I, I don't know what the question was, but he was like, hopefully I just get he, to Serbia as quick as possible. Yeah, he just wants to be in Serbia. Like, he just wants to go home and race That's his, his home. That's his home. So where he's playing in the NBA doesn't matter. Doesn't like, matter. And, and honestly, why would he want to leave? Because now he has to you know, learn a new system. He has to, you know, oh, chemistry. So the system would be him. So. Well, well <laughs> chemistry with other players and blah, blah, blah. Like, he has something built here. Yeah, so like basketball-wise, why would he ever coaches. leave? I like the coaches. I like the front. Like, he likes it here. So now, yeah. yes, now it's on the front office. Now it's on the other guys to deliver, um, because you can expect him to do his part. So, and again, like, I, I, I get why people think Embiid is better. I do. I think Embiid has the better overall skill set, offense, defense, but. There's something to be said for a guy who gets better in the biggest moments consistently. And that's what Nikola Jokic does. He averaged 26, what do you have? 26, 13, and 8 in the regular season, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And in these playoffs, he went to, I think it was 31. Let me get his his stats here. Uh, 31, 13, and, and 6. So... I mean, the guy just gets better. Yeah, I, he he can lead the league, and he could have led the league in points easily if he wanted to this year. He could have averaged like thirty-four points a game. And that's that's just I just don't know how people like go out of their way to people hate don't. Him. And 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 not to mention, not to mention, like Embiid led the league in scoring rate right, with thirty-one points per game. 
he averaged 12 he averaged 12 free throw makes a game mm-hmm. makes mm-hmm. Jokic averaged six could you imagine if he got the free throw the, the foul calls that and well, not even that if he wanted to forget the free throws he could have averaged 34 without the free throws yeah the dude was averaging eight assists a game Take three assists away and give him the points. And that's that's eight assists without Jamal and MPJ, mind you. Yeah, that's, yeah, there was a, that should have been. A, you know what? By the end of his career, he will average triple double. I'm curious to see how many. I guarantee new you. He like, has. Well, I mean, he. I, it's at least he, ten to fifteen. Yeah, I mean, he if if Jamal and MPJ were healthy, he probably would have averaged. 24 or, or 12 uh 24 12 and 10 yeah yeah i don't know i just i just don't know what to say anymore like i just don't like if you just don't like like the, the people that still retweet nick right like why what why why do you even interact with it why do you even care like me two years ago, that would have been me. Now I'm like, this guy has nothing to prove. Like if you if you wake up just to point out Nikola Jokic's flaws, and you hate on the advanced stats, which if that's all you point to to, to bring him down, even though like you, you obviously don't watch him actually play because he's more than just a advanced metric player. But whatever. Yeah. Like I just i just don't like i'm exhausted with all that like i just don't even care it doesn't even phase me i just laugh to be honest with you i just think it's funny now at this point because this guy is so stupidly good and he's one of those players that he he his iq is above the game he thinks things before it happens he sees things before like the calling out the the lob on on the bench um the passes he makes i mean just Every the minute details, and then you can even just look at what Draymond said about him after the game. Yeah. I mean, so this guy's exceptional. I just hope we we enjoy however long we have with him. It might be five, six years, and if that's it, awesome. I'm here for it. Let's get a title. Um, but to your point, Jamal is exceptionally important to this team. It's it's a fine balance. It is it is certainly a yin and yang situation. Well, and all I have to do is point to every single big who's won a championship and look at their teammate. Jack had Kobe and D. Wade. Kareem had Magic. Uh, and then Oscar. Uh, oh, Oscar first. And then Magic. Like, you as a big, no matter how skilled you are, and Jokic is so skilled, and, and he can he can create more so than most centers, right? But you still need that guard Every big needs that guard. Every every big. And for Embiid, he needs James Harden or Ben Simmons, right? Like, he needs those guys. Now, might they need, need to play well in the playoffs. Yeah, he might need something um, more than those guys. Well, yeah. Well, you, you need them in the playoffs, <laughs> essentially, is what I'm trying to say. Um, but, yeah, every big in NBA history needs that guy. Even Giannis. He needed Middleton and Drew. Yeah. Like, you know, cause, because Giannis can't. He can't shoot from the outside, right? So he's like a he's a weird hybrid, but even him needed wing slash guard help. Like every big needs that guy. It, it it's just I, I mean I don't know what else to say. Like yeah, no, he's he's been exceptionally important. You don't it's need been... that guy in the regular season. 
you need that guy in the playoffs to to have to go a year without him and, and a year without MPJ, even though he he drives me absolutely oh, bonkers. I, and we'll probably have a off season podcast. Oh, yeah. But the first thing I'm doing, if I'm Connolly, uh, what can I get for Barton? What can I get for Monte? What can I get for MPJ? I don't know. And by the way, because he's by the way, Boogie, let's go three year deal, two year deal, whatever you want. Let's go. Wow. I mean, he was good. He was good. Uh, not, he wasn't good. He was great. He was. He was. Yeah. I mean, I think he's he's a nice compliment to to Jokic. He's, off the bench. he's he's perfect on the bench with Jokic. He's perfect. Um, I don't know what you're gonna get for for Barton because I mean, he's he's gonna be a free agent this year. I thought he I'll had take, a player option for. Well, well, here's the thing. But. He has. He, it's his contract, right? You just want to get rid of his contract so he can sign someone else. I'll, I'll I'll take fill the vending machines for two years. See, I'm not as low on Monte as you are. I just think Monte. Well, I, look, no. Oh, well, here's it. I love Monte. I do. My my issue is though bones. with bones. Like it's bones. It's not necessarily Monte. It's bones. Can I can I just say for a second too? And I know I've been on the MPJ thing. Like I would I would trade him, but I mean, if we got a playoff run with Jamal. Jokic, MPJ, and Bones all on the floor. Can you imagine the electricity? Oh, yeah. I mean, talk about death lineup. <laughs> that, that's that's death lineup 2.0. What do you... <laughs> like, that's... Bones, when he had that little stretch of the... the what do you have? Two or three threes? Like that. He's a rookie. That He's, he's built. Oh. Now, I don't know what his ceiling is. I don't know if he can be a star in this league. But... I mean, if he can be like a Jordan you don't, Clarkson, you, no, I was gonna say you don't need Jamal him to be a star esque type of guy. I mean, he's he's fearless, man. But <laughs> like, I, you know what? Five years from now, if if Bones was the second best player on the Nuggets, I honestly, I'd be like, I can see it. I mean, maybe score, maybe, maybe. Like if someone said, "Hey, Bones is the second best player on the team in five years from now," would you be shocked? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't. Retire? Second best player. Second. Yeah. Second. Yeah, so I mean, Jokic so is best. Has, he has to surpass Jamal? He's going to surpass Jamal? Yeah. I don't I'm know. just. I'm, I don't know. No, I'm not, he, I'm not saying he will, but if someone came to you and said, oh, yeah, hey, be surprised. Bones, is, Bones is the second best player with Jokic. I, w- I would be surprised, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know how you can overtake Jamal's spot there, but well, I I do, and hopefully it doesn't happen. But the injury, I mean, it just it, it never. Yeah, that that was his first big one though, so I'm not. Now obviously it's those things can happen again, right? We saw with OBJ, so yes, I mean ideally not though. I mean Zach Levine has been fine since his. There's been plenty of guys who have torn their ACL and they've been fine. Right. Hopefully that's Jamal. Um, and like I said, he's not a guy who's a high flyer, right? So, you know, if this was, if this was like Zion or Jaw, then I'd be like, uh, nah, I'm really more worried. Jamal's not necessarily that guy. Now he can go up and throw it down, but you know, that's not, he's not, re- he doesn't rely on it. Right. So that's why I'm not necessarily worried about that, but man, we'll, we'll have look, Bones, podcast. Yes. Bones is, uh, you know what? I trust him more in the playoffs than I I do MPJ at this point. Um. Yeah. 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 I agree. Like, if you can get a really good defensive guy that can hit a three. I just 
PJ's the one. Like I, I just go, I go back and forth. There's moments where I'm like, you know what? Let's just get off of him. And then I see his highlights, and I'm just like, man, he's so good. And I, he's not even scratching the surface of what he could be. I, you know, I, I love his talent. I'm, I am like last year in the playoffs really concerned me. It really did. Like, I don't think he's a, uh, I don't think he has that, like, you can tell with Bones, like, that mindset, that, like, oh, yeah. attitude. I mean, yeah, guys guys either have it or, or they don't. Well, I but, don't but think MPJ has. He's not like a. Yeah, Jokic has Well, no, but Jokic, you, Jokic has it. Look, yeah, in, in their first years in the playoffs, we can go back to Jokic and Jamal. Their numbers were better than they were in the regular season. In, in, in first year, first year. MPJ's first year, terrible. He had one good game. I'm just saying, I don't think he has it. Not not what you not what you now as a third guy, I think that's fine, right? Like now you're essentially just a role. Can we get two games from you in, in a series? You know, that's kind of what you're asking for a third guy. So it's not the worst thing in the world, but I would rather be asking that from a defensive guy instead of a guy who just sits in the corner. Yeah. I mean, I understand. I understand. It would ha- it would have to be something that it have to be something intriguing. And, and the Nuggets need to have thing. a the front office needs to have a, a a playoff mentality when they build this team now. Yes. No, I agree. I agree. Because I, I don't I don't think we should necessarily worry anymore about having home court. And oh, the they'll way, win. Up, they'll they'll win fifty the games fans. in the rear. I was actually quite surprised yeah. with the turnout. Yeah. Because Nuggets fans aren't known Game as three being specifically. A, yes, Nuggets fans are not known nuts. as being a great fan base. But I, I was like, wow! Like in a in a past couple years, right, where where guys have not been able to watch the game consistently. Like you had to go through the undergrounds of the Taiwanese government to get I don't know your streams, and you know you're facing prison time in Southeast Asia right now. But I don't you know have what you're fans talking about. That can't watch the game. And they all packed the house against the Warriors. Now, game four was a little bit different. It was a little bit more Warriors fans. But, yeah. I mean, at that point, you're expecting to that game. Um, so, but no, shout out to Nuggets fans, too. I mean, that was that was awesome, man. Um, I think fans know what they have. But you know what? It'll be even crazier when the Avs playoffs start. Yes. My Avs, Avs fans Avs fans are, no, you're not announcing. Uh, Avs fans are bonkers I, in the playoffs. I have my sweater. Already. Miko okay. and the I wanna, boys. I want to see a picture of that. Moose. Moose is his nickname. Did you know that? Only real fans know that. Miko Rantanan. Me and Miko. Just my friend. Uh, yeah. No, I'm ready for my Avs playoff run. We have the Sharks, I'm pretty sure, lined up in the first round. So, I'm going to sweep those guys. That's what we're going to do. Uh, I don't know who they're playing. I don't know who they're playing. <laughs> Have they even? Has it even set yet? Uh, I don't think. No, it's not set yet. But it sounds like it's gonna be Nashville. Oh. Who? Who? By the way, they play tonight. The Avs. Oh, do they? Of course <laughs> they do. Of course they do. Yeah, I remembered. Duh. Um. No, Avs fans. Yes, uh, Avs fans are exceptional. You in the what? regular season, uh, the Avs were. One and two against the Preds, uh, not counting tonight. We'll see what happens tonight. So they can even up the season series tonight. Cool. We'll see. That's a team that has uh, 
You jinx them. They're gonna choke. They're. <laughs> I don't jinx them. They're gonna win Stanley's Cup. Like we're They're we're toast. going all the way. They're toast. We are the sons of the NHL. We are the Chiefs of football. Good lord. That's what we are, or of hockey. Oh, we're dead. No, we're gonna we're gonna win it all, and when we do, I can't wait for that crumble. That crumble. Come on, Memphis. I need one more from you. <laughs> Come on, Memphis. Come on. I'm almost there. All right. Uh, no, shout out to to the Nuggets for a great season. It was very painful at times, but we got through it. Jokic was an amazing watch. Go re- go race your horses, big fella, and, and eat some donuts and drink some Coke. Um, yeah, enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, no, just, just you know, maybe a month before training camp, lose that weight again so yeah, that no one freaks out. Don't come back 300 pounds like you did when you signed the max the last time. Let's, when you signed the max <laughs> this time, let's try and stay in shape this time <laughs> right. and not right. be morbidly obese. Um, no, it was it was an up and down season, but glad it's done. Honestly, um, but it was it was fun to watch, and he should get his MVP. I'm assuming here soon. So that'll be fun. It's nice to just watch the playoffs without having to stress about it, honestly. So good for Nicola, good for the team, and we'll uh, we'll run it back next year. We'll have some off-season podcasts lined up. I already reached out to our guy Jake, who's going to have his off-season breakdowns. Um, love that. So already talked with him. We're going to get him on at some point. And then Ryan Black. he was ignoring you. Oh, no, that's – No, that's that's, yeah, that's Ryan. Ryan just he, – he did tweet me the other night, though. He did respond to a tweet. I tweeted him. He, he sounded so depressed. I don't know. Why don't you like my tweets? Why don't you like interact with me? Love me. Uh, um, no, I, I messaged Ryan, but he hasn't. He hasn't messaged back. So you know he's busy. He's busy. That's why. Duh. Um, no, we'll we'll try and get him or maybe Harrison or somebody on to, uh, to talk about the, the season, how it went, their perspective, and and what this team does going forward. So it should be fun. We have the NFL draft sit on now, I think. So uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, now we're um, strictly in the first pick. I mean, it takes like thirty minutes for one pick. So uh, still, not. still the Jags are on the clock, but the pick is in. So um, now we're we're full full Russell mode now. It's all Broncos from here on out. Well, and then the yep. Abs. So <laughs> I already <laughs> forgot about that. Uh, Rockies are playing good too. For now uh no they're not they got swept by philly okay so they're starting to come back to earth then all right <laughs> they're back to being that's you know that bad. did not last very long all right <laughs> no, that's gonna no it does not that's gonna do it for us today we thank you guys for tuning in for brandon stool on the other side i'm stephen priest jr this has been the behind the glasses podcast. <laughs>